The Naval Academy Museum presents a history of the Navy in 100 objects. Recall last week's discussion of the various squadrons that the United States sent abroad during the years following the War of 1812 to explore the world and open up commerce. Our object today, a ship's journal, was on board one of the ships of the Pacific Squadron during the Mexican-American War from 1846 to 1848. The war had its roots in both the unrest that followed Mexico's independence from Spain in 1821 and the uncertainty over the border between Mexico and Texas. The Republic of Texas had been annexed by the United States in 1845 as its 28th state, but the border between the U.S. and Texas remained in dispute. Although an often forgotten conflict today, the Mexican-American War was nevertheless an important one for U.S. history and for the history of the Navy. It was as a result of this conflict that the United States gained the shape which it now currently has today. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo resulted in the Mexican Cession, granting California and much of the Southwest to the United States. The Gadsden Purchase, five years later, would be the final major piece of the United States continental borders as we know them today. Militarily, the conflict was also significant. Although outdated, the ships of the U.S. Navy were virtually uncontested by the limited naval forces of Mexico, and they wreaked havoc on shipping up and down the Californian and Mexican coasts. Lack of Mexican naval resistance resulted in many U.S. sailors and marines being deployed to the shore to fight as infantry and to operate artillery. This is a trend that would continue for the next century, with significant consequences for how we would conduct amphibious landings and warfare in World War II in both Europe and the Pacific. By that point, the United States had been studying amphibious landings for a hundred years. The first major amphibious landing in U.S. history occurred at the Battle of Veracruz. Victory at Veracruz paved the way for General Winfield Scott's advance to Mexico City and the eventual end of the war. Unable to take the strategic seaport of Veracruz by bombardment from the sea alone, General Scott elected to land at the beach south of the city. In one day, Scott brought his entire army to shore using specially designed landing craft. Naval guns were then brought to shore under the orders of Commodore Matthew Perry, who five years later would help open commercial relations with Japan. The artillery bombardment of Veracruz was overseen by young Captain Robert E. Lee. The Navy would continue to operate in an infantry capacity throughout the next hundred years, both in support of amphibious landings of Marines and in conducting operations ashore in their own right. During the 19th century, the Navy conducted 66 landings and operations ashore throughout the world. In the first three decades of the 20th century alone, that number increased to 136. Up until 1965, the Navy continued to update its own tactical infantry doctrine, and during the Cold War, there continued to exist Navy infantry schools. But at this point, the focus was shifting to defensive shore installations versus offensive tactical operations. The Navy SEALs also saw their birth during this time, expanding from their roots in earlier Special Naval Infantry Forces in World War II. Today, besides the SEALs, sailors continue to operate on shore in dozens of capacities. We will discuss some of these later, like the Navy Construction Battalion, or Seabees, in future episodes. We go now to Dr. Jennifer Bryan of the Naval Academy Special Collections and Archives 
for a little bit more about today's object. Hi, I'm Dr. Jennifer Bryan, Head of Special Collections and Archives and Archivist at the U.S. Naval Academy. And we're in Special Collections and Archives looking at the journal of the USS Cyane, a sloop of war that took part in the Mexican War. And this particular journal dates from 1846 and 1847. On 26th of July, 1846, Lieutenant Colonel John Charles Fremont's California Battalion boarded Cyane under the command of Samuel Francis DuPont. Of course, DuPont is of the DuPont family from Delaware, and people I'm sure have heard of the DuPont Company. Uh, DuPont had taken command of the Cyane, and on, San and on July 29th, a detachment of Marines and sailors from the sloop landed and took possession of the town of San Diego. And you will see written here in the journal the information regarding that. You'll see it says, took possession of the town of San Diego. As I said, this is during the Mexican War, the war between the United States and Mexico, and this is how California came into the possession of the United States, along with other territory that was known as the Mexican Cession. After the Marines and sailors from the Cyane had landed and taken possession of the town, raising the American flag, they were followed by Fremont's volunteers, and the Cyanese detachment returned aboard to sail on to another town where a landing party destroyed a Mexican battery on the 2nd of September. They de the ship then entered the Gulf of California, seized La Paz, and burned the small fleet that was off the coast. Uh, with a, within a month, the Cyane had cleared the Gulf of hostile ships, destroying or capturing at least 30 vessels. And all of that information is recorded in this volume. In company with the USS Independence and USS Congress, the Cyane captured the town of Mazatlan, Mexico, on November 11, 1847, and she returned to Norfolk in October of 1848, receiving the congratulations of the Secretary of the Navy for her significant contributions to the American victory in Mexico. And Samuel DuPont, who was in command of the Cyane, went on to serve in the Civil War.